The Plant Powered Show pop-up podcast is brought to you by Latitude Apart Hotel and the City of Cape Town. Welcome to the Plant Powered Show pop-up podcast. It's the first time, um, if it's your first time listening rather, this is the ultimate destination for anyone seeking advice on plant-based products and looking to reduce their environmental footprint while still enjoying a vibrant and fulfilling life. My name is Sean Lewis, and as we uncover more and more about the plant-based movement, I can't help wonder why it took us so long to get moving in the first place. Thankfully, the director of ProVeg International just walked past the studio. Donovan Will, welcome to the Pop-Up Podcast Studio. Welcome uh, to me yourself. Uh, <laughs> um, and thank you very much for having me. Only a pleasure. Listen, we are right at the entrance of the plant-powered show here in Cape Town. And the sheer number of visitors is showing me that people, they want to discover new and exciting plant-based products foods, things that they can use to live more sustainably, or shall we say, live a more sustainable lifestyle. Would you agree with that? Yes, 100%. We can definitely see a big uptake. I mean, I started being involved in this movement around nine years ago, and the difference is it's chalk and cheese. So now correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that the term veganism was coined back in 1944. But the concept of uh, flesh avoidance, shall we say, can actually be tracked further than that to ancient India and, and the Eastern Mediterranean societies. So it's been going for a very long time. What would you attribute the, the worldwide, the sort of explosive growth of the plant-based movement? What would you attribute that to? And just please tell me it's not a celebrity that changed their diet and put it all over Instagram. Yeah, so Sean, there are a lot of things. And I think one of the biggest ones is this emergence of the food science around alternative products. And so it is unfortunate we don't need to eat meat as, as humans, but we like to. Right. You know, I grew up eating meats. I ate meat for 33 years. I loved it. And most humans do enjoy the taste of meat. Mm. So now that we have these meat replacement products that are actually good, even if we look 20 or 30 years ago, the joke was always that these, these burgers were, the veggie burger was cardboard. Yeah. Nowadays, when you have these products and you go and taste the, the leading products, they really are hard to differentiate and people love them. Many people are enjoying them more than they enjoyed meat. That is definitely one of the things that's made a lot easier. And then the rest is just education around the benefits. And on that note, I suppose it's the education then that we're seeing South Africa that has pushed that progress. You know, what, what, what do you think has pushed that shift then locally right here in South Africa? So I think, I think South Africans as a, as a, as a, um, as a country, we, we care about our health we care about the environment, we care about animals. Mm. And for most of us, we grow up and we don't realize that eating, eating animals is, is, is contrary to, to many of those things that we already believe in. So it's not a new belief system, it's just the education. So if we look at there's, there's programs like Veganuary, there's obviously um, my organization ProVeg, um, really putting out a lot of information. And at the same time, you have these brands that are making this fantastic food also putting out that information. Mm. So as that information grows and as people actually try it, this is the big thing is you try it and you think this is going to be crazy. I can't survive without meat. I'm, I'm not going to have any, any protein, so I'm not going to have muscles. You know, my friends are all going to think I'm crazy. But when people try it, most people that, that I've um, spoken to who've gone vegan or plant-based or even just mostly plant-based or flexitarian, whatever you want to call them, have said, I can't believe it's this easy mm. and I don't know why it took me so long. And what do you think then consumers can do to keep that movement going? Because... Again, I'm going to assume it's a consumer-driven industry. It's not industry that's saying, you know, you should be eating more plant. It's, a, it's education from both sides. But then what can consumers do to keep that momentum up? 
Yeah, so in South Africa, I definitely agree with you there. It's definitely consumer-based because we see that the, the consumers demand something and then the retailers put it on their shelves or then the restaurants put it on their menu. Mm. And I think the big thing for people who are, who are wanting to support this is, is do that. Just go and support the brands that are responding. So we're asking brands for healthier food and more sustainable food and for plant-based food. When they bring it out, support them and come to shows like this and try. If you can go to a food expo where there's new brands, go try them. If you see a product on the shelf that you've never tried before, you know, don't be scared that it's uh, some weird thing. You know, if it's, if it's plant-based calamari, that might sound very strange, but it's unlikely that it would be on the shelf in, in a major retailer if it wasn't a quality product. Uh, yes, I think that's a very good point to make. Sometimes we're distrusting when we see new things, but it has gone through a variety of number of checks. People have tasted it before you have, so it's good for you to go with. Uh, do you know then, and speaking of those alternatives, when it comes to South Africa, do you know if we're more prone to, to choose a particular alternative? I mean, there are alternative milks, there are alternative eggs, do we know, is there research that says what South Africans are kind of leaning towards easiest or more readily consumed? So we, we have done some research and we can see that, that definitely the meat replacements um, are the ones that are consumed the most. Mm -hmm. And that's possibly because they the, that's the start. You know, if someone says, I don't want to eat animals, that's you, you stop eating the animal. And then after that, you think about the, the dairy or the eggs or, you know, um, the, the other products. Um, and then they're also easier to replicate to a large degree. So if you look at the quality products that we have now, we have some companies, um, the Fry Family Fruit Co has been around for 35 years, I think. So when you have that history of quality products and you have it being the thing that most people associate with um, animal rights or, or, or not consuming animals, uh, the, the meat replacements are definitely the biggest ones. And then we do see a lot of, of plant-based milk. Um, also really, really quality products. I think in, in 2019, ProVidge tasted all of the available options in South Africa. And I think a lot of people would be very surprised to hear that we tasted 90 different milk alternatives. So obviously there's a couple of different brands and each brand has, some of them have a, a, a oat milk and a soy milk and a, you know, there's lots of different milks all the way through to tiger nut milk and um, sorghum milk. There's so many and they, they are available in South Africa. You just have to, to know where to find them. And luckily nowadays, you just walk into a leading retailer and they're there. And I suppose then it's also on us to, if it's not in our leading retailer, in the area that you live, to keep asking for it. I mean, and understand that as consumers, we do have a voice to keep you know, nagging the manager to get that product that you really want to try or that you've had somewhere else. And, and to that extent, I suppose then the restaurant trade also helps because if they are using those alternatives and it's on their menu, you might be more inclined to try it as a once-off as opposed to buy a, a liter or a box or a, whatever this scenario might be. Yeah, I can see how the two work hand in hand. Yeah, so I think that's a, that's a really good point and it's much easier when you're in a restaurant. And again, most times the chef is going to have tasted the stuff and restaurants don't want to put something on the menu if it's bad. Mm. So it, it, you know, maybe try it once in a while, just try the vegetarian or the vegan option and, and often you'll be surprised. So in your experience, Donovan, what... What, when people say, you know, the, the human body needs nutrients more than just plant nutrients and other nutrients, you know, that's why I'm not going to, you know, experiment with vegetables. I have to have my meat because my body needs it. What's your answer to something like that? So I think that actually ties us back to the, the first question you were asking, you know, when it's like, why now? I think this kind of science is really clear now that, that humans do not need to eat animals to get all of our nutrients, except maybe B12. But again, there are many people who eat a lot of meat who still supplement B12. And if you have B12 deficiency, 
your physician's not going to tell you to go and eat more meat. They're going to tell you to go and take a B12 supplement. So other than B12, we know from, from some really good um, epidemiological studies and some interventional studies that we just don't need any of that. And we grew up being told you did need it. Mm-hmm. We grew up telling that, being told that milk or dairy is a food group and we have to have a glass of milk every day. And when you, when you trace the origins of that, most of it is actually industry-led marketing. And so we, we look around the world and we can see, for example, in Canada, they've now removed dairy as a food group. Wow. And they've said, well, there's certain things we need. We need, some, we need calcium. Where are we going to get that from? There are a lot of sources other than milk to get um, your dairy from. So let's not see dairy as a, as a food group. And I think that's the important thing. I'm not a dietitian. I can't give any advice. But I've been eating 100% vegan now for nine years. And my blood work very clearly shows I'm as healthy as I've ever been and a lot healthier than I was um, before I went vegan. And while you're there, won't you tell us then how healthy you were before you went vegan? Because I think that transition is also exceptionally interesting for people to understand that you're much healthier and you haven't done lots of interventions. You've changed your lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's, it's, it's really my inspiration came in 2014. I was 107 kilograms. I had um, recently been diagnosed as having adult um, asthma. And I had bronchitis or sinusitis. I was anti- on antibiotics, I think it was five times in 16 months. And my doctor just told me he has some medication. And um, I asked him how long I need to take it for. And he looked at me surprised. And he said, this is a chronic condition. You need to take it for the rest of your life. Mm. And over the next um, few months, I discovered the benefits of plant-based diets. And that's a very long story. But, but I, I went vegan. I changed jobs. I started exercising again. And two years later, I had done full Ironman, you know, a, a, a really huge race, and Comrades Marathon five weeks apart. And I got my blood work done. And, you know, I had gone from 107 kilograms to 82 kilograms. I've done two of the hardest endurance events in the country. And, and I felt great. The more energy levels, you know, and all on a 100% plant-based diet. And I wasn't taking any supplements. I took B12 occasionally, but I wasn't taking protein shakes or anything. I was eating whole food plant-based mostly um, and a lot of uh, meat replacements. I would think that that story in itself is enough for people to go, okay, I think I can try it because that sounds great. Do you find that works or is the science something that convinces more people to embrace a more plant-based diet or more sustainable living? So there's definitely different people who respond to different um, information. But from my personal experience, definitely seeing other people benefit from a plant-based diet is a really big um, inspiration. So most of my very close friends now are, are mostly vegetarian. A couple of them have gone vegan. You know, I have I have friends who've completely rebelled against it and who think it's crazy, but they they're not the ones who are very close to me. Have actually seen the difference. And I have a few friends who've kind of said they thought they thought I was crazy until I went and did Ironman and Comrades. And then suddenly they were like, Oh, do you think the diet's helping? And and obviously you need to train for those things. And having a, a job that I enjoyed a lot more made a difference. But the diet really does make a big difference. And people don't believe that until they see it. Mm-hmm. So yes, the, the, the idea that you know, people won't listen to you if you tell them the science, but if you show them the benefits and you give them the food and they can actually taste it, it tastes nice. In that, in that case, it's the same. You can't tell someone that plant-based food tastes nice because they won't believe you. But once they've tasted, many people are very, very surprised. Okay, so then are you a good cook? Like if I were to come over to your place on very short notice, but I'm starving, what are you gonna make? 
So I, I do consider myself quite a good cook. Oh, good. Um, and I have it a few times where I've had guests over who were um, plant-based chefs or cookbook authors, and I've cooked, but my guests have assumed that the, the chef or the cookbook author had been the person who had cooked the meal. And they were like, oh, this is such an amazing meal. It's so nice to eat something from a from a cookbook author or a chef and then we're like no no that was that was me so amazing toot my horn a little bit there but yeah. I love cooking and I didn't before I went plant-based and it's one of those things you know we think we're sacrificing something when we go plant-based or we go vegan but the reality is the variety of food that I eat now is much higher than before because I'm thinking about it I'm actively maybe not anymore um, um, nine years later but when I went plant-based you had to think what am I going to eat and then you discover all of these new foods. So, but to answer your question, um, one of my favorites to impress people would be a, a Thai green curry. But there are a few things. I'd, I'd, I'd probably ask you a few questions first and find out what kind of things you like. Because yeah. I like everything. So we could do something healthy or we could go all the way down and we could, we could um, do some slap chips or something like that. Amazing. Okay, we'll exchange numbers and I'll be around soon. Uh, Donovan, thank you very much for your time. This has been very insightful. And we're going to share links in the show notes as well if people are looking for more information. Uh, that's where they can find it. The Plant Powered Show brings together top local and international chefs, celebrity cooks, mixologists, health and wellness experts, as well as plant-based food, drink, and conscious living products and brands. You can subscribe to the Plant Powered Show pop-up podcast and join me as we delve a little deeper into the world of plant-based living on each episode. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook at The Plant Powered Show for the latest updates, mouth-watering recipes, and engaging content. The Plant Powered Show pop-up podcast is brought to you by Latitude Apart Hotel and the City of Cape Town. 